Hi guys, um, this is just a very quick pre-intro intro to say that at some points during this uh, podcast the sound gets a little bit bippity-bippity-bippity-bippity. Unfortunately I can't edit that out, um, but I've done wonders with the original recording. You'll never hear it, but you will thank me. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to From Jim's Basement, the English language comedy podcast coming to you from Roswell. I am Ben Wheatland, your host, and these podcasts will be your window into the world of stand-up comedy in Poland. Each episode will feature a comedian currently performing in Poland, ranging from some of the newest talents all the way up to established pros. Uh, This week's guest is a real, actual professional comedian. He's a veteran of the esteemed Edinburgh Fringe Festival and part of the driving force behind Berlin's favourite comedy group, Cosmic Comedy. He's also the man who gave me my first shot on stage, literally an act for which history will surely judge him favourably. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming the fabulous Darmanda Singh. Woo! <laughs> Welcome, Darmanda. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? I'm not bad, how are you? Not too bad, thanks, not too bad. How are you finding Roswell? Bloody cold. Oh my God, I, it's the coldest day in recorded history, I think. <laughs> I'm so, and I, I bought a new coat about yeah. two months ago, and it, I've been walking around, just a t-shirt, underneath it, it's a lovely parka, yeah. and I got here, I've got four tops on at the moment, <laughs> and one of them's a thermal top, yeah, yeah. and I'm still... Bloody cold. Unbelievable, man. I, I, um, I was walking to work at 5am this morning and I had icicles in my beard. It was, it was horrifying. That's <laughs> horrific. Not a nice time. This, I blame Brexit. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. Well, like, but you live in Berlin, though. Berlin's usually pretty cold, is it not? Yeah, and, but this is next level cold. Okay. This is. <laughs> and like, I've got a snood and all that oh, kind of stuff God. and I forgot to bring that and I was just like... Yeah. This is the first place I've ever had to wear uh, thermal like long johns under the trousers because it's it's just the next level of cold. Mate, I've got them on. Yeah, I've got them on, yeah. yeah. So I've got that, I've got the t-shirt, I'm gonna wear the shirt that's currently housing the microphone. Um, for the listeners at home, we're, we're recording in Lachania. Uh, Darmanda is here to perform uh, a gig tonight uh, and we're using the smoking room in Lachania. Thank you very much, guys. Um, but the acoustics are terrible, so we're having to muffle the mic with my shirt. I'm not naked yet. Yes. We'll probably get there when we hear the, when we hear the first. Um, okay, so first question, always the first question for all of my guests. Um, Ex-England striker Michael Owen has only ever watched eight movies in his life. Uh, in, this dispo- in, this, <laughs> in this dystopian future, where Michael Owen is a cultural guru we set all our stalls on, which eight movies would you choose you could only ever watch eight movies for the rest of your life? Oh, <laughs> and then, I- you can you can spread out the answers throughout the show as you as you remember them. Okay, let's start so, off with Robocop, the original. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Second repeat showing on the on the show already. So yeah, okay. Robocop. I, I love that film. Do you want to know why? Or do you yeah, 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 yeah. If you've got, if you've got, if you've got uh, I love it, it's just got amazing quotes. I watched it as a young boy, yeah. so it really affected me. Uh, <laughs> and it's 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 funny, it's violent, it's got something to say, yeah. it's got quote after quote um, it still stands up you watch it now and you're still like you know and uh, it killed me the other day a a comedian signed up and her name was Alex Murphy and I was like you are so getting on the show (laughs) no worries (laughs) stay out of trouble Uh, (laughs) so we get all your stuff on 
Yeah, yeah, totally. I really, yeah. really do love that film. I, I even like Robocop too. Okay. Yeah, but I wouldn't put that in the list. I can't say I've watched Robocop too, so I can't comment that. <laughs> okay, so any other ones before we move on? Or? Um, a bit of 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 Which is, you can tell my age now, and all of these films. I remember watching Predator on a pirated video, and this was like, this was how it was back in the day. Nobody knew what this film was. Like these days, you know, when a big movie star is kind of working on a film, we know about it a year before, we see the unseen shots, we get the trailer, we get the teaser. This was like my mate, he's like, hey mate, you look old as Schwarzenegger, yeah. This is this pirate video. And um and just put it in and it was a bit like and uh, we were blown away. We were like, what the fuck? Can I swear? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck's this man? I can't say swear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no problem. I'll be swearing as much um, as possible. Yeah, so that is, uh, again, it's, it's got so many quotes. It's mm. funny. It's, it's, it's just a wicked film. Fair enough. Okay. Put that on hold. We'll come back to them later on because we've got plenty of time. Um, my first proper serious question is um, so I want to know about you as a performer. Um, you're about to do um, your show on stage, which you've done in Edinburgh. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but what I want to start with is uh, I want to get to know a little bit about what got you into comedy. Has it been a thing that you've thought about since you were a kid? Was it something you fell into once on a night out and just thought, open mic, let's try it? How did it go? Uh, I've always been a performer since I was a tiny, tiny kid. Uh, and you started up in school plays, mm. and then I started doing uh, like theatre. And then uh, I, I was just doing all that. I know so many different forms of theatre. Yeah. Live art, performance art, uh, street theatre, club theatre, installations, all this kind of crazy ass shit. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then I was, I was working with this one theatre company and like the, the woman, her name's Janice Connolly, mm-hmm. who she plays a character called Barbara Nice. Okay. Who's, she's quite a cult character in right. the, on the British comedy scene. Right. Yeah. And um, she, I was thinking about 20, early 20s, and she was like, You need to be a stand up. And I was like, What? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I have no desire for that. <laughs> and, um, and, and it was a few, like, in fact, I was younger, I must have been about 18, 19. Yeah. And then uh, a few years later, I was working with her, like nearly 10 years later, I think. And, um, and then she was. Um, Doing a comedy course for specifically for Southeast Asian people, right. and um, but it wasn't in my city; it was in another city. Right. And she was like, "Look, Sadi, I'm going to put you on this course. You know, you don't fit all the criteria because yeah. you're supposed to be from here." So she put me on the course, and um, and then the rest is history. Yeah, where did you do your first gig? I did uh, the showcase, and the crazy thing is she ended up having to leave the course because she got a TV pilot, so she had to go off, and so we had these new tutors, people like Shazi Amaza, yeah. who's, she's quite big, and, um, and then we had this one teacher who, I, I didn't really know him, and then on the rehearsal for the showcase, uh, I'm doing my set for about five minutes or something, for seven yeah. minutes, and I get the light, and I'm like, and it's this guy's girlfriend, and I go, yeah, in a, in a second. And this guy just stands up, and he's like, no! And he shames me in front of the whole class. Yeah. Like, you get the bloody lie, yeah. you fucking get off. 
and I kind of like sobered back to my seat, feeling pretty stupid. And then after the class, he just came up and he was like, "You, you, you could do more than one set, couldn't you?" Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I've got quite a bit of material." And he was like, "Okay, do you want to open the show, and then do you want to close it?" <laughs> okay. And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and that was my first gig. Man, and yeah. and but that's the craziest thing. I've always I've always been given the opportunities way before I deserve them. <laughs> yeah. Fair yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally acknowledge that. I was performing in front of crowds, crowd sizes, and I was getting uh, spots which were way longer than I deserved yeah. as, as a new comedian. But was it like, um, once you did that first sort of, um, once you did the sort of, ah, oh Christ, what's the word? You did the, you did this, the course and then you did yeah, this first did my showcase. And was it immediately like, this is it, I want to do this? I, or did don't, I don't think it was. No? You know, no. again, because <laughs> I, I've always had, um, other outlets to be creative right. uh, or just to try and be centre of attention. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. which I, I think that's yeah. something in stand up also is that whole thing about everyone look at me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I had all these different outlets, and then what happened was um, that the, the group that we, we all were on the course, we decided, okay, let's get together, let's make ourselves a little group, right. and let's, you know, we'll call ourselves a Mango Chutney because we're all Asian. <laughs> Um, and then I I started running because I couldn't get any gigs anywhere. So mm. I was like, okay, I still want to do comedy. And I'm in Birmingham. No one's giving me a gig because I'm new. And the only night in Birmingham that wasn't like a big jungler's type thing mm. was like, have you done any gigs? No. We'll come back to us when you've done some gigs. Well, how do I get gigs? It was that catch yeah, twenty two yeah, that yeah. comedians get. Sure, sure. Um, so I just set up my own night. Because okay. um, I was like, I've got these these comedians here. I'd already met a few comedians. Set on my own night. That kept on going, and then uh, got quite successful. Sure. But again, I was I kind of was just doing it because yeah. it, it sounds like the seeds of um, cosmic comedy being sown there, right? Is that well, the way? Is that? Well, to tell you the truth, it was no, not really, because I kind of really wasn't giving too much of a shit about it. Okay. And I was. Um, it was just something to so do. So still something you were doing sort of as a hobby as well? As, as a hobby, yeah. I was acting more, oh, really. Yeah. I, was doing, I was doing acting, and at that point I was in a band as well. Ah, oh, of course. So, yeah. um, so, you know, got some, you get more girls being in a band. So, yeah, I just, just was doing it, and then I was getting opportunities mm. again, like, because I was, there weren't that many Asian stand-ups mm. uh, when, I, when I started. There was literally... Ten, maximum ten, it seemed in England, sure, sure. and I knew them all, right? <laughs> um, and out of that ten, five of them were really, really professional, yeah. right? Um, so I kind of, I kind of gave up comedy when I decided to leave England, and really? I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd really had enough of it, just because. Also, when I started doing comedy, and I was doing a lot of stuff about terrorism and being brown, yeah. I had promoters saying to me. You know what? I don't think I can book you because your stuff's a bit too Indian for me. Your stuff's a bit too brown. Right. Yeah, yeah, which was well, yeah. Uh, which was really disheartening. Um, so I kind of I, I kind of got knocked back a bit. And also, audience a lot of audiences didn't want to hear about terrorism back then because it wasn't that long after nine eleven. Um, so I kind of was like, yeah, I don't really care about this, and I kind of gave up, okay. and then. Went to went to Berlin. Well, just, just what I was going to say. So you went to Berlin. When was it that you went? I think it was around two thousand and eight. Right. So you've been there roughly ten years mm -hmm. now. How long was it after you moved that you thought, oh, "I've got this again. I've got that"? 
Yeah, it was kind of boredom. I just wanted. To, well, <laughs> no. This was it actually. Yeah. I my other outlets of, as being a performer had kind of dropped. Right. So it was just at the beginning of like the Berlin scene of people starting to do stuff. And yeah. At first, I started doing the, a couple of the German stages. Okay. And um, what, in German or in English? In English, but with this weird English accent, okay. so they can understand me. Oh, and I, wa I watch those videos now, and you, you talk about comedy, it has to be an element of truth, and it's yeah. like, oh my God, jeez, I am playing this character. Um, so, so I kind of moved away from that, and started just playing other people's nights mm -hmm. and because I done comedy in England kind of my status amongst some of the newer comedians was a bit higher because they're like holy shit you're from England and yeah, you've yeah. done comedy oh you had your own club oh my god yeah, yeah, yeah. so that I was getting away with a bit of that um, but then Again, everything just kind of, I stumble into it. Like, <laughs> my mate was running a night, he couldn't do it anymore, so he was like, do you want to take this over yeah. and be the host? So like, okay, and I was doing that half-hearted, and then I met Neil, yeah. Neil Nunn, yeah, yeah. who was doing a, a show called Bauhouse, okay. which was one of the biggest shows in town. Right. Um, and uh, first summer, I just I just played every single show. Mm. I think I was the only act to play every single show. I didn't compare or anything. And then in that winter break, Bauhaus turned into Madhouse. Right. And uh, there's a the, the host was a guy Chris Davis, okay. Scottish guy. Sure. And uh, I'd sent him a message going, dude, can I get a spot? And he was like, well, no, but I don't want to host tonight. Do you want to host instead? And then that was the beginning of mine and Neil's wonderful yeah. relationship because yeah. Chris then went, okay, he doesn't want to host. And then Neil was, do you want to host? And then we we were working together just as me as a host and him as a promoter. Sure, and sure. then after a while he was like, do you know what? Should we just 50-50 this? Yeah. And we both come from promotion and club backgrounds. Sure. So we both kind of know what to do and what work it takes to get something. And we both... We're hanging out quite a bit together, yeah. And then yeah, we kept became buddies, and then we when, when when was it that you sort of started doing the cosmic comedy thing? Because I remember, so I um, I lived in Berlin in 2014, I think. Um, a week I came to one random show. It was definitely had you on. Like, you were definitely there. You're probably the host, and it was in some like uh, front room of a house where like the entire sort of all the furniture had been ripped out. The walls were kind of brick, but they just had like lines of sofas. And you probably definitely won't remember it, but. And there was a guy who did the joke about a shark. I don't know. Was <laughs> anyway. it Nikon? Uh, possibly, yeah. Well, definitely it was in Nikon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, we, so we went there one time on a Thursday night, and I was like, oh, God, this is amazing. I loved it. Didn't go again, ever. And then I came back to Berlin, and that was when I first saw you guys in uh, where you do the comedy, where you do Cosmic Comedy now. I in 20. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, for me, I, I, that's all I know about it, but like, so you obviously were going around back then, but like, how far back have you gone? Well, this is, so Bang House was about five years ago. Mm -hmm. Me and Neil started working together about five years ago, and we were doing Bang House, and then we started working on different projects, working with bigger comedians, doing one-off things here, doing this, and then I was working with this guy who was doing this internet yeah. programs, and he was like talking to me about wanting to do a comedy show. Okay. And uh, so we were like, yeah, we'll set up a show for you. 
<laughs> you know, every Monday, yeah. and we found this place uh, called Mainhaz Z, yeah. uh, where the downstairs bar was Cosmic Casper. So we're sitting there, we're thinking, what should this be called? What should this night be called? <laughs> and it's like, how about Cosmic Carnival? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's as simple <laughs> as that. Because <laughs> it's become a massive thing as well. Like um, you always saying that it's part of your sort of um, hosting shtick. Um, but it's true that like, if you search for stuff to do in Berlin, TripAdvisor, number one or number two is, is Cosmic Comedy. I was, I was taking a look. Um, it's, it's quite remarkable. You've got 244 five-star ratings, including one for myself. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was from, from two years ago, so I know when it was I did my first gig. Um, uh, including one which says you're better than Bergheim. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that also comes from my, uh, my, my, my ending spiel now, yeah. where I talk about well, the third rated, best rated thing mm. of, every, of nightlife in, Ber- uh, in Berlin. Yeah. And when I say to the audience, we even beat the Bergheim, they always are <laughs> like, yeah, but then I'm like, yeah, but them fuckers don't give you free pizza. And they don't fucking let you in. Um, <laughs> well, that's true. So I, I think that was a total <laughs> response to that. But um, yeah, we're blown away in a in a way about how successful and how popular it's yeah. become. Um, but it's it's all been organic. We like we started in that venue, mm. and we were filming it ourselves mm-hmm. with with my mate. And this this guy who was supposed to be for the internet, he was a total chancer. Oh, yeah. We he never turned up. Okay. So we just kept on doing it. And um, it wasn't working. It yeah. wasn't working, and it was the number started dwindling. The bar was losing interest in us, right. and it, we used to be downstairs where we had our own bar, and we turned up there, and the bar's not open. And we're like, "What the fuck's going down?" Yeah. And they're like, "Oh well, you know, your customers have to use the upstairs bar." And it got to this point where people were missing the entire first half because they were going upstairs to get a drink and they had to queue for like 30 minutes. So then we just went, you know what, fuck this. We don't, we don't be in venues that don't want us there. Yeah. Um, so then we moved and then that was the beginning of uh, what Cosmic Comedy is yeah. now. And so like, uh, I have an interest, well, an, in, an interest, oh no, so quickly on the, on the reviews. You have 244 five-star reviews, you've got one one-star review. <laughs> yeah. um, from a man whose name I won't mention, but as he's the only person that's given me a one-star review, you can go find him if you like. Uh, he says that cosmic comedy is definitely not funny by any human metric. Uh, I think that's harsh. But I did some digging, because uh, he's also done some other reviews on, on TripAdvisor, all of them from the same week in 2015, where he was in Berlin. Uh, two of those were for two different sushi restaurants, <laughs> um, one of which he was turned away from. And they were all below two stars. So he had a bad weekend, I think. <laughs> I don't Perhaps think he's just a douchebag. Um, Possibly. I think it seems to me like the, the, the more you went read through them, the more desperate. Like, I just want to have a good time at Berlin. <laughs> but for me, I, I, in one way, I wouldn't say I love the bad reviews. No. But I, you know, if, if there's a review and I agree with it, mm-hmm. It, and it's a bad review. It's got and for him. To, what's he say? He says it's the worst uh, thing. Not funny by any human yeah. matrix. That's his. That's his opinion. Yeah, yeah, you know cool. what I mean? And um, and it's nice to have some of those bad reviews though, because it also means that 
one that were not writing them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They are real reviews, and um, and they're each to their own, you know. What I mean? For sure. But uh, like, how much stock do you actually put in the reviews? Like, do you, do you do you sit there and think, yeah, we got loads, we're doing this good, or, or do you read? Really oh like yeah, that's not bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not bullshit. When we get well, a good because review, there's a lot of people that don't like read review reviews or say they don't read reviews. They say they, they don't read reviews, but uh, <laughs> when they get a bad review, you fucking hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Now it's um. Look, it's we're performers, so we love having our egos massaged. Sure. And also, it's as simple as when, as an actor, yeah. you know, when you're doing performance and your director tells you you're doing good, you get a little buzz, you get a little shiver up your spine or whatever, or the back of your neck. Or when people after a show come up and tell you you're great, or tell you the show was great, uh, or when you get a, an act, actual print review you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. you and for me I really prefer customer reviews than print reviews because nobody's paying that customer sure. to do that and I talk from experience I've been to places and I've gone I'm going to trip advise that shit out of this place yeah. I love this place it's the best place I've been to and I've got home and I've forgotten yeah, well, that's that's one of the things that I was going to comment because I mean I we don't get I I have never never been the subject of good or bad reviews. <laughs> um, you know, I just get my wife to tell me. I'm good yeah, good, that's fine. But um, so with things like TripAdvisor, I've only ever left three reviews in my life, I think, and they're all for things that like you actually uh, like that that was actually really good. Yeah. And you like you either do it immediately or you you're so sort of sure that you want to give a good review or a bad review that you remember when you get back. So you know, if, if you're leaving an impression with people, even if they're leaving sort of average reviews, it's still good that you're making an impression. It buzzes me because it's a lot easier also to write uh, a bad review than a good review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're pissed off, you're like, right, put everything aside, I'm going to let every motherfucking know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I'm doing the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but to do a good review, I remember this one time, we had this one guy, actually. So I'm standing, the show started, Let's say it's 20 minutes into the show, and I'm standing there watching the act, and then this, this couple come in, and they're at the bar, and they, the guy's quite loud, so I go up, and I'm just like, excuse me, mate, can you just keep your voice down? And he's like, I am keeping my voice down. It was American, I am keeping my voice And I'm like, well, mate, can you just... Can you just whisper a bit? He's like, hey man, I paid to get in. If you don't want my money, and I just like, just put my hand, the, the bridge of his back, and I just started slowly pushing him out. And he's like, and I just like stopped pushing him out. I took him right to the door, and his wife, she gave me this look like, oh fuck, not again. Right? And then I just push him right out like this, take him right to Neil at the door. I'm like, Neil, give this gauge his money back. And this guy's like, and as he's walking up the stairs, he's like, I'm gonna give you a bad review on couch surfing or something like that. It wasn't TripAdvisor. I'm like, go ahead, you prick. But then I went back on stage, and so it's between the, the last act and I'm on now, and, and I just explained what happened to the audience, because they could see. And I was like, uh, whichever platform it was, I was like, make sure you guys all come on there. Give us a good review. If you see that guy's review, Give him a slagging. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's reviews. In one way, it lets us know that we're doing good. Yeah. And just to keep up the, the, the hard work, because the worst thing you can do in a successful night is take your foot off the gas and yeah. to get complacent and just chilled. Yeah. And like, it's great because Neil's always pushing me and I'm always pushing Neil. Yeah, well, I mean, from a, I've been there a number of times to watch and it's different 
it's, it's different each three times I've ever been. You know, I went and performed the other week, uh, the other month, and in 2016 I watched a number of shows, and each time we go, it's different and improving in different ways. You know, you, you spark with something here, you change this here, you put the stage in a different place. You're always working to keep it changing different, and um, I think that keeps it fresh because every time I go, I've got a different memory of the show being good. You know, and so I think that you're definitely doing the right thing there. But anyway, let's. Uh, Put your cock out of my mouth. Yeah, I was going to say. So, as someone who runs the show, though, uh, do you get many? Uh, how many people actually come to open mic, do one show, and then come and do another one, and then actually become sort of regulars, and then actually go on to sort of? Because you do with the. Uh, We've got a high shows. percentage yeah, of, yeah. of people who continue doing it, mm. and that's the thing. Without sounding too hippie-ish or whatever. Yeah. Um, that is one of the joys of doing Cosmic, yeah. like especially for Mondays and Thursdays, like Fridays and Saturdays for us are just pure showcase, sure. where we will try sometimes to give a, a seven minute set, yeah. we'll give them an open spot on the Friday or Saturday, just to see, okay, this is an open mic now, give us your best seven, mm-hmm. and, and there's a progression, right? Sure. From five minutes to seven minutes, and then you smash that seven minutes, and then you get paid 10 minutes. Yeah. Then you get a paid 25 minutes, and then so on and so on. And I'm really chuffed that there are, there are several comedians who did their first ever gigs at Cosmic, and now they're part of the Cosmic family, who yeah. are there on my go-to people for, and it, it happens every couple of months. I get a new person, Neil laughs at me and Steffi who's, who's my partner who's also part of the, the, the company always laugh at me they're like oh is this your new one <laughs> and it's just like you see something in a certain comedian and you like you want to nurture them a bit and you, you kind of take them aside and go but keep on doing the same set keep on polishing this same set yeah. and don't come back with a different set every single time because you never polish anything then yeah. right um you polish this, polish this, polish this, now you've got seven minutes. Now I'm going to put you on the showcase. Let's see how you deal with a crowd who one just like, yeah, they're like kind of more like, no, we're paying a bit extra, make us laugh. Yeah, is, is, there a big, is there a big difference in the crowd? Uh, Fridays and Saturdays we find sometimes because also on a Friday and Saturday we get a lot of people who are, who are workers. Right. So this is their this is their free time. Yeah. So that's why they pay extra because they expect better quality work. and they don't indulge as much. Okay. Oh, hello. Do you think the smoking area is black or is it quiet? Uh, we're just doing a podcast. <laughs> You'll be on it later, come back. <laughs> no, 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 we, won't. we don't get anything out of the podcast. Hello. Yeah, you're doing this summer, you're going to be doing the, yeah, the show later. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I'm so interested in this. Not a problem. Not, we'll be a smoke in again in about half an hour. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah, there you go. Here we go. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, new people come through. Um, and, and people really. Um, oh, it's different in crowds. So, so the people oh. who are expecting better. Yeah, so on, on Fridays and Saturdays, when we first started doing our Fridays and Saturdays, I'll tell you, I even I got freaked out. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm doing. Because I, I have a general script that yeah. I do at every single show. Sure. Yeah. And then I, I change it here a bit, and I change it there a bit. But it's the same. Yeah. And I know it works. Um, and then you, you smash it out, and I'm doing it at the first Saturday show, and it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> they're not, bang, punchline, bang, yeah, right? Yeah. 
And then the second Saturday show, and then the third. They, they're not booing and they're not not enjoying it. It's just that they're not going fucking crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you want as a comedian. Sure, sure. And then by the third show, I realised, oh, no, no, you've got to sit on the punchline. Let them breathe, and then they laugh. And what I was doing was I was like hitting it, not getting the real response, moving on to the next thing real quick. Sure. And that happened on Saturday, last Saturday, actually. Where the Saturday previous was one of those shows where they're laughing at everything, they're going crazy. Um, but then last Saturday I had a, a comedian who is he's one of these guys who started five minutes, went to seven, and now yeah, he's yeah. my thirty-five minute go-to guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came on stage before he went on stage. I was like Todd. Todd, yeah, Todd Stutch, yeah, yeah. I love that line, and um, I'm just like Todd because he's still bloody new. He's like a, a year old. Mm as a comedian he's and, good. and he's got a solid 35 minute set yeah yeah but he's he, but he's still new in that way of having to deal with different kinds of crowds uh, so i'm just like todd slow down and just 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 let it breathe and um and it was a great experience for him yeah to to play that play I want to ask quickly, so I was going to ask this next uh, after we've got a little game coming up, but yeah. I'm going to quickly, I'm going to nudge in a little question more. Um, so you've obviously performed in England a number of times in different places and across the UK and in Germany. Now you're back to do it in Poland, you've, you've done it a few times in, in Krakow already, I guess, right? That was and, in Krakow uh, a couple of weeks ago. Exactly. Is there a difference in the types of crowds? So you're talking about the different expectations of that particular crowd from your normal crowd. Do you see differences in Poland in those places? Not that I, not that I feel. No. Because we generally we playing to expat crowds anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mixed in with uh, locals who their English language or their language, knowledge of comedy is pretty, pretty yeah. savvy. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we get sorry, we get quite a lot of people. I'm not sure that. Stand-up is a, it has been a big thing in Poland for very long because quite often you, you've come up to me like, "Hi hey everybody, how are you doing?" And like, "Who's been here before?" Oh yeah, and they like that's fine, amazing. It's like, <laughs> but they, they 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 don't do it now. So, but these guys always tell me about how when they first did shows, just everyone would be. But we still get that in Germany yeah, when they yeah. just raise their hands and then, but then look, I make a big joke is when they raise their hands and I kind of do uh, do a joke about the Nazi salute. Oh, yeah. I'll be like, guys, that's illegal here. Don't get me in fucking trouble. And uh, yeah, I'm in a basement with a bunch of Germans and they're all saluting me. And. Um, yeah, but then you still get it, you still get it. Yeah, yeah. But I think this is, the nice thing about Cosmic for me also is we get a lot of first time audience members to a comedy club. Yeah. And they speak to me before and after the show, where they're like, I've never been to a comedy show before and this was amazing, this was great and we felt so, and we were a bit scared because their use or their idea of a comedy show is somebody going, Hello, yeah. what's your name? You're a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And we are the anti that. We really push against that. I specifically say to comedians yeah. who will do that, do not do that. Because I'm setting up a crowd for you yeah. that are wonderful and nice and they want to be your friend. Don't then kick them in the face. Yeah. Because you're making me a lawyer yeah. for one. Because I've told this crowd, you don't have to worry about our comedians. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Certainly, we, like, yeah, certainly it's uh, that particular thing about, uh, I, I often find my wife is really, she comes to all the gigs that we do, and speaks to quite a few gigs, a couple of yours as well, uh, but she enjoyed yours the most in terms of the atmosphere, just because of that kind of, she was she knew that she wasn't going to get picked on. She, yes. she was able to sit there, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm happy, I can sit here and not have to worry, but then we went to, um, 
gazing. I, uh, I can't remember where it was, but possibly in Krakow we saw a gig and she was like, I don't want to, I'm not going to ask them. Yeah. And there's a difference in the way the audience reacts at the moment. And you know what, it's like, you know, I've had these discussions with people, I've had some heated discussions with comedians who are like, oh, I can do what I want. Yeah. And it's like, comedy is like music. Mm. And people, there's not one style of comedy, it's yeah. and there's not one style of music. And it's not saying that rock is better than rap, and classical is better than... It, they all have their place, and same as comedy. You know, all our styles have their place. Sure. And the same as all our clubs. So, don't you, I like playing bare pit clubs yeah. as well, where I go out and I know this is me <laughs> against the fucking crowd, yeah, yeah. there's a battle, and let's go for it. Sure. But I couldn't do that every single night, no. because it would just piss me off. And it, like, we had a, a cosmic, it was a, a month ago, we had, I can't remember where they were from, I think maybe Sweden or something like that, big crowd of younger people, uh-huh. and it was a battle. Yeah. And, he, and I was smashing them down, and da da da, and it was, oh, that was great, la, la, la. and I was like, it was fun, but I'm exhausted, yeah. and the vibe that I actually have now is I don't want to do that every fucking sure. night, because sure. I don't want to come home. I want to feel after a show like, sure. you know, <laughs> more fucking MDMA than methamphetamine. <laughs> okay, now, um, Let's move on to the game. We're about halfway through the podcast. Um, usually, we play a game uh, called British Town or Biggish Brown. Open brackets. I suspect that's not real. Close bracket. Which is a game where the guest has to guess uh, whether or not a town name is made up or real based on places in England. Now, I thought you're from the UK. It might be a little bit easy for you, so I'm not going to do that. So, what we have to do today? To get your name on the lead, on the on the on the scoreboard. Oh, it's competitive, right? Yeah. Get me going. You got six. You got six. Three are going to be true. Oh, shouldn't tell you. No, which? <laughs> well, I'm ruining it now. But three are going to be true. Three are going to be false. Uh, currently, Sviat, who you've met before, he has three out of six. He leads the table. And Herbert, who I'm not sure if you've met before, has two out of six. He's currently the foot of the table. Your quiz, because you're in Poland. <laughs> you is a lead forward now. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Polish fact or on the wrong track. So the, the terrible names is a theme for me. Uh, I'm going to give you three facts about Poland, and then I'm going to give you three more facts about Poland, and you're going to tell me if these are true or okay. okay. So the first one. Jesus is the king of Poland. False. True. Fuck, I knew it was going to be true. <laughs> I was so confident. Like, Fuck off. I was like, bet. This is the classic bloody Polish name. Right, so out of six, we're counting on zero. Um, are you going to explain why he's the king of Poland? I, I can't explain. <laughs> I, think it's a, I, would, I would if I could, but I, I've got like uh, links and, and little bits of extra info as much as I could. But that one just is just everywhere. Jesus is the king of Poland. Uh, it's true. Uh, the second one. Uh, there is a tradition in parts of the east of Poland uh, where men take the turns to drink shots of a special brew called kurbaga. Uh, then the loser, the person who gets drunk and you know, falls asleep, must spend the night sleeping off their binge by sleeping in a bath full of vinegar, and he is christened the Madinata. Yes, I think that's true. That's Fuck off! <laughs> oh, I've got one, I've got one. <laughs> okay, right, so. What's the worst score so far someone's two. had two? Oh my two. god. You've still got four, you, you, can, you can still win, you can still win, so don't worry. Right. Uh, uh, okay, the 2013 period drama movie, 12 Years a Slave, directed by Steve McQueen, was released worldwide to critical and commercial acclaim. 
However, in Poland, a simple translation error meant that the movie was distributed in certain cinema chains as 12 Years a Slav. No one noticed for three weeks. <laughs> I think that's true. No, it's false. <laughs> Of all migratory birds that travel to Europe for the summer, <laughs> one quarter of them breed in Poland, making it the most important bird breeding ground in Europe. True. True. Yes! From sciencekids.co.uz. Bless them kids. The reason why I thought that was true as well, it's like when my, my girlfriend's grandma, she lived not too far from the borders of Poland, right. and I, uh, we were there, and uh, she had this ganja plant, <laughs> massive ganja plant yeah, in the yeah, garden, yeah. and we had to tell her, you know, oh my days, that's marijuana. <laughs> and she was like, oh, it was probably the birds from oh, Poland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're playing the polls for everything. <laughs> It's funny, the next fact, all the we know. Okay, um, so we've got, is that two left? And two left, yeah, I've got one. One out of four so far. Yeah. Uh, right, so um, there is a TV personality in Poland called Kutas Rinky Dinky, whose name translates as amateur penis. Uh, Mr. Rinky Dinky famously travels light and is noted for always splitting up his recycling into various different bins. True. Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> Kutas does mean penis, though. <laughs> um, Kutas? Kutas, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so the final one, uh, do you know pierogi? Pierogies, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Poland has a patron saint for pierogies. True or false? I'd say true. Correct. That's two out of six. <laughs> the, the patron saint's name is Saint Hyacinth. Okay. There you go. So, you're now down at the bottom, but to be fair, it's a very early table with Herbert. And we'll run that down, and one day we will create a real table. <laughs> okay, so there we go, that was the end of Polish Fact or On the Wrong Track. Hope you guys at home enjoyed that one. <laughs> I kind of wish I'd just got one now. You know, you What are you worse? Okay, um, what are we doing? Okay, fine. So, um, you mentioned earlier on um, some of the jokes you sort of did when you were younger as a comedian. Um, what sort of, are there any jokes that you can think of specifically? Uh, you don't have to tell them right now, but like that come to mind. Are jokes that you wouldn't do now that don't fit the persona you have, or, or, or stuff that you wouldn't now do on stage that you would have done when you were starting? No, I don't think so. No? So this is the craziest thing. One of the things that was kind of, that I was really lucky to do was find my voice. Yeah pretty quickly well it was i was just kind of like my, you know you're supposed to be just an exaggeration of yourself really and um i just was i was like me mm. but i was just a bit more aggressive so that was kind of out of my fear of being heckled mm. racially or stuff like that was my biggest fear that someone was going to shout oh fuck off packy or yeah. fucking something like that so that kind of developed my style to be so quick uh -huh. so i was like i'm never going to give anyone even that sm small bit of space to be out there sure. and then if they do heckle i'll just turn around and shut the fuck up and can continue <laughs> not even try me with it right <laughs> fuck you Fair enough. Yeah. and your mom yeah. and, um, Keep on going, and what I've learned in the 15, 16, 17 years of doing this mm. is that 
It's that same character, but instead of being angry and aggressive, I'm just cheeky and charming. Yeah, yeah. And it works so much better. I, I have fun, the audience has fun. But the, the like I said, I did start with more political humour. Yeah. And now my humour is kind of more personal or just like social mm-hmm. where I try and drop little political notes sure. in here and there. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, now, uh, you mentioned, so, okay, so, so what I wanted to just ask you, um, it's just the question that's just come off my head now, but you mentioned um, the subject of uh, race or anything. Is that something that's improved at all? Do you, did you notice a lot of it when you started out as a comedian? Do you get much? I was lucky kind of again that I I never really suffered racism on mm. stage. I Like I said, I had these ignorant comments from promoters going, yeah. I don't think your stuff would work with, but, which they wouldn't say to an Irish comedian, sure. well, I don't think your Irish stuff's going to work with <laughs> my, or a black comedian, sure, you know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. Um, which, when I was younger, I didn't know how to deal with that, where yeah. I was just like, um, the one time, actually, I think I did suffer because of my race was, I was doing a big open air gig in front of like 2,000 people. <laughs> Again, like way before I deserved it, <laughs> and uh, it was uh, an Eid medlar type thing, yeah. Eid, and uh, at Birmingham City Centre, massive open air stage, and then I came on, and I kind of was doing all right, and then I mentioned I was from India, mm-hmm. or I've been to India, and this group of young Pakistani boys all started booing me, yeah. and then they started throwing bottles at me, and um, and I was so young that I went, go on then. Fucking come on, boys! <laughs> and they started throwing bottles, and I was just dodging them. And then yeah. the, the, the host kind of came and dragged me off stage. Um, yeah. But that that was the only time I think I've because also because of that aggressive or I can switch that aggressiveness. Yeah. I think that helps me out. That people sure. just don't bother trying. Fair enough, fair enough. It's good, good to hear. <laughs> I was a little bit worried, but okay. Um, now, I want to talk about Edinburgh quickly. We've got a little few more minutes left. Um, so, you've definitely done at least one show there. Have you done more than one there? Or? Uh, I did last year with my solo show from Bollywood and Birmingham to Berlin and Brexit. Which is the show you're doing tonight. That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm doing yeah. an edited version of that tonight. Right. Um, and, but before that, I went, when I first started doing comedy, the very next year, I went down to Edinburgh with this group uh, called Asian Invasion. <laughs> and then we did that two or three years running. Sure. Um, and then I kind of gave up on comedy a bit. Okay, right, and that was a period, and then you... And then, so what made you want to get back last year? Because uh, for now, I feel I'm a really good comedian. <laughs> 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 and I've got something to say. And sure, sure. And I, I just, I just fell in love with comedy again. Yeah. That's the other thing that I kind of, I now I, I do love doing comedy, and I love being a comedian, yeah. and I feel privileged to be able to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to be able to share my stories and to make people fucking laugh, man. Yeah. It's the best thing in the world to make people laugh. I call it, I call it. Neil always laughs at me when I'm doing this because he knows I love magic yeah. and like I love magicians. But what we do is it's a form of magic, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the jokes are the spells and then the, the creation of the magic is the laugh where we 
we, we create something out of someone just sitting there stone-faced and we make them smile all good for. When I love it when people put their hands over their faces to, to, to hide their laughter or smack <laughs> their legs. That is, that's magic, man, yeah. you know. Um, so that's why I went, and because also Cosmic was doing so good yeah. as a brand and as a, as a, as a night, so we, we went with both of these shows, and I had so much fun. I was doing up to four or five shows a, a day. Um, and I just went, I, I'm a comedian. I love comedy, or I wouldn't be doing this. Sure, sure. And how did it go? Amazing. Amazing. I fell in love with comedy even more. Yeah. I had really good reviews for my shows. I had good responses, hugs. I always, <laughs> never mind reviews, I count success through hugs. Yeah. The amount of people who hug me after a show. And um, <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of hugs. Yeah. Um, My wife usually hugs me after Yeah, usually. But that's big to stop you from crying. Yeah, but it was just, it, I got really great responses of people. Yeah. And um, going, I'm going to go for the whole month this, this year. Yeah, you answer um, all my questions before I get to them. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to plan to go back. Yeah, go I've already got my venue. The great thing is I've got a better venue this year. Yeah. I feel like I paid my dues last year. I've got a better venue. It's centrally located. 5.30, so it's a really nice time. Yeah. And Cosmic as well is 9.30 at Espionage Bunker. Uh, my show's 5.30 at City Cafe. And, um, and yeah, I just, just I'm looking forward to so much. I'm looking forward to being able to perform as much as I possibly can, you know, yeah. uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine times a day. That's all I want to do is sure. perform. Sure. What's the show called? So My solo show is called, it's the same show but a revised edition. Right, okay. um, so from Bollywood and Birmingham to Berlin and Brexit. Fair enough. Couldn't guess what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> but the great thing about that show for me was yeah. that last year I turned up and the show wasn't fully formed. Yeah. So I had all these bits, and I was performed it for the first two days, and um, I was going okay, but I could see there was a moment in the the audience were kind of losing, not losing interest, but just getting tired. And then the way I was promoting the show was I was really talking about, the show's about identity, and we all deal with issues of identity, it doesn't matter what colour you are, la 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 la. And one of my mates was like, Dude, you know your show's not really about that. <laughs> like, no, it's not, is it? But I was like, but that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And then I had to redo my show in the morning. Right. And put the, just put these links in. And the great thing was all the bits were already there. And that's the other great thing about comedy is when you've got the puzzle pieces yeah. and let's fit the puzzle together. Why does this make people laugh this way instead of this way? And it's as simple as that. It's a sort of um, slightly on the question I wanted to ask you, I ask everybody, um, what's your writing uh, process? Do you come up with an idea? Is it many things that happen to you? Or how do you... Uh, it's a mixture. Yeah. Uh, it really is a total mixture. Yeah. So I'll either take personal stories and then without knowing it, I'm workshopping them by telling people a story. And then sometimes people are like, holy fuck, that's a bit. Yeah. You know, holy fuck, that is a bit, isn't it? Yeah. And that was a great thing about living in a shared house and having a big social group back in Birmingham was that you're constantly telling the same story to a different person. And then without knowing it, 
you are yeah. editing it to get to the punchline, sure. or you're hanging out with a bunch of guys and everyone's trying to out do each other to be the funnier person so you'll say something and someone will say yeah but yeah, yeah. and that, I love hanging out with comedians for that as well <laughs> where like but it's got to be the right kind group of comedians yeah sure well my, my friend came to visit me um, he's in Berlin he came to the show the other, the other month but he he came here to visit me and we were hanging out with me and a couple of the other comedians and afterwards he's like if you can tell you guys are all comedians, you don't fucking shut up. And you're always trying to outdo each other. And, and I was like, really? He's like, yeah, man, I didn't speak at all. I was like, yeah, well, sorry. But that's it, when a non-comedian yeah, yeah. gets in with a bunch of you're fucked, mate, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do it like that, and then I get, yeah. sometimes I'll get a seed of an idea or a punchline, sure. and then I'll try and create the joke around that punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like, do you spend specific time dedicated to writing stuff? No. No, you don't, okay. Um, I used to do that, but now the privilege that I have with Cosmic Comedy is I'm constantly workshopping four days a week. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like just yesterday, yesterday's show, somebody who hasn't been to the show in a long time came up and went, holy fuck, how much of that is new? Yeah, and I was yeah. like, none of it's new. And he was like, yeah, I know, but you've added all these different bits. Sure, so sure. it's that, that whole rule of behind every joke, there's three more jokes. Yeah, yeah. And what I get to do by performing the same material so much is finding these new bits or talking to someone like Todd or Neil and then going, dude, have you thought of this? Yeah, like, yeah. And then you throw that in or, um, or now I record or Neil records everything, I watch everything back and it's like, holy fuck, I didn't even remember saying that. And you know those times when well, just totally subconsciously you say something? Sure, sure. That was one of the, the tips that I got given when I started coming here and doing stuff was, uh, well, just record yourself. Every time you record yourself because you will inevitably do exactly what you're saying, you'll edit yourself on stage to say something different, and you won't remember what it was. Because if, especially if people laugh, you'll just be like, the laugh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you need to remember, so you need to record it, so then you can go back and listen and see, why did that work? Oh, it worked because this time I did this. It's you like, know, it's really good bit of advice I, I had this uh, new bit that I did uh, last week, which was about uh, Black Panther, Black History oh, yeah. Month, yeah. and um, and going about how Black History Month, and, and then the noting that, uh, yeah, so there's Black History Month, it's in February, is it always in February? And the crowd are like, yeah, it's always in February. I'm like, it's great that they've given the black community a whole month, but why the fuck is it February, the month with the least amount of days? Black people can't get a fucking break, can they? Well, haven't they got enough to fucking celebrate to last a whole month? And, um, and then I did it the next day, and I totally, it, I did it differently and it didn't work. Yeah. And But the fact that I knew I had that video that I could go back to and say, oh, that's, and then noticed, okay, that's what I did wrong. Uh, and that it doesn't make sense if you don't put that bit in there. Um, because it is, sometimes it's just that magic of the subconsciousness of it coming out. And then you try and make sense. Fine. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you just can't do it. <laughs> you know, you're like, I don't know how I did it. Yeah, I, I had absolutely. another joke about um, being colourblind and being refused uh, of being in the police cadets. But um, but now, actually, being colourblind is something that I think every police person should be, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, that's exactly the same. I came up with it, and then I spent about a couple of months 
trying to find that again. Yeah, yeah, you know? sure, sure. Has the cool. show already started? No, I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> People are laughing when I've been two different podcasts. Yeah. Um, no, we'll, we'll wrap up in a moment. Um, just a couple of things. Have you been skiing before? No, brown people don't ski, bro. No? Okay. <laughs> I, well, I went skiing for the first time in 10 years last weekend and uh, cut my shoulder. So, I went dry slow going. skiing one time down the road. At the Yakas Trust. Fuck this. All these people, like, we went with like, a bunch of Polish people, people from my wife in Belarus, so we went with all these people who have been going and skiing all their lives. And I asked like, oh, so what skiing can you do in England? And I was like, well, there's a dry ski slope I went to once. In Derby or something. Yeah, it's like a bit of rubber. It's like a hill made of rubber. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Um, uh, second to last question. I recently read an article about 55 reasons to go to Hungary. Can you give us any good reasons that we might want to visit Birmingham? <laughs> there loads of reasons. I, I, I left it and I was really angry with it, yeah. but then I, I kind of realised that I was there was issues with me right. as, as much as Birmingham. Uh, the people are lovely. Um, it's a really green city, great parks, great, uh, especially in the centre, you've got great places to eat, great places to drink. It used to have a great club scene, I don't really know about that now. Uh, Which is better, Berlin or Birmingham? Oh, Berlin, <laughs> Berlin, without fucking doubt. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's better for different reasons, you know, there are certain things that I totally miss about Birmingham. Yeah. Uh, chippies, going into a chippy, you know what I mean? And yeah, 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 yeah. Simple <laughs> things like that. Sure. Um, going into a bar and by the second day or third day you go into that same bar, the guy knows what order you have and knows your name yeah. and, um, and stuff like that. Yeah, there's, there's those little, little things like that. Fair enough. I, I, I think a I'm good not curry really, as well. You can't get fucking well, a good curry in Berlin. I, well, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of curry, and the, well, actually, Rostov is not too bad. Like, but I mean, that's a big sort of asterisk okay, compared yeah. to Berlin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Compared to Berlin, like, but when I lived in Berlin, Berlin was terrible. And then here is like maybe a step up from that. And then obviously, then you've got back home in, in England, where it's but my God, Berlin is atrocious. Just, like we, we, we promote <laughs> crazy bastard hot sauce. I was yeah. I meant to I meant to ask you, uh, I completely forgot. I meant to ask you to bring me some. Uh, oh. yeah, yeah, I was an idiot. I should have asked you, but yeah, I wanted to have some. Uh, but that stuff I just um the other week well, I was it was a Sunday and like Sunday's one of the days, like only days I get up. Mm. So we were like, look at let's order some food. And I was like, for some reason, I think I'd toped and yeah. stuff as well. <laughs> so I was like, oh let's get a curry and like Steph was like are you sure? Yeah, we know was, what yeah exactly. You, you've got your fucking hunger on, you've got your munches on, but once it gets here and you start eating it, by, by your fourth or fifth point, you're going to be pissed off. Yeah. And, um, and, and she was so right. But yeah. you just drop a bit of crazy butter and hot sauce right. into it, and it, it doesn't make it, it, it makes it edible. Yeah, no, my favourite thing was there was a place near where I worked in, um, uh, and the guy would always say to me, German, but like, you know, this, this is sharp, this is sharp, you know. Sharp, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you make it sehr sharp? And he's like, sehr sharp? 
like, yeah, like zah, zah, zah. Like, as, and he's like, oh, okay. And like he said to his friends, oh, oh. and it would be exactly the same. Exactly. And he's like, well, what did you do? Dude, I think <laughs> the word desi in Punjabi means pure. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, it, and it can be used for so many different reasons. Like it's, 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 it's a desi man. He's like, Original, original gangster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you want your meal desi, yeah. it's like pure, proper, right? Yeah. And I even like pulled out the fucking Indian in one of these restaurants yeah. and like start, spoke a bit Punjabi and I was like, oh, give me desi, desi curry, yeah? Mm-hmm. Give it me desi. And he's like, oh, for our people, our people. <laughs> and the first dish came out and it's, it seemed to be desi. Okay. Perhaps again, I, I had munches or whatever. <laughs> but by the second dish, it was like, what the fuck? I've gone back to bland soup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always end up moaning about curry. I, well, I find myself doing it a lot. It's amazing. And like all the, the, the everyone always says, "Oh, you British, you like chips." And I'm like, "Nah, you get me a proper curry. That's what I want." Curry. Final question: um, What's the future plans for comedy? Where do you see this going? Um, well, for Cosmic, we want to eventually be seven days a week. Yeah. Well, um, for four days a week, with uh, we do occasional special shows sure. as well. Yeah. Um, that's what we want for Cosmic, really. We want Cosmic to be just as good as it possibly can be, and but always keep that ethos of giving new comedians priority and. Keep it, keeping a safe space for comedians to be able to develop and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the Fridays and the Saturdays to really bring in the big names and uh, everyone to know who we are. Um, for myself personally, I just just want to just keep on doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. and performing, making people laugh. And I never thought I'd be able to make my living off of comedy. And at the moment, I make my living off comedy, which is no one can. Which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my own boss, um, <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's good. That's, that's all. Where can we find you? Tell us all the people at home. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Comedy Darmanda Singh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us at CosmicComedy.club.com. <laughs> uh, just type in Cosmic Comedy Berlin yeah, into Google and we come up quick. We're in Berlin every single Monday and Thursday with our open mics and Fridays and Saturdays with our show Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much for being the third and the first special guest for the third guest on the show. Damanda, thank you. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. <laughs> Hi guys, outro time. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you like what you hear, please leave a comment below the line and we will read it out on the next show. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a follow on SoundCloud and share the link with your friends, family and mortal enemies. Everyone counts. The music you're listening to comes from www.bensound.com, so thank you for that. And also a famous thank you to famous Jim Williams for letting us use his basement. I've been Ben Wheatland. See you next time.